If you watched 2022's The Batman movie and felt kind of meh about it, I'm here to help analyze why the movie doesn't work. So stay tuned to Geek Out. Hey, Bat Boys and Girls, I'm McGann, this is The Fangirl, and while I love superhero movies, some of them just don't work for me. Case in point, The Batman. Now, it's been a long-standing tradition that Warner Brothers has no idea how to cope with their metahumans, and it's especially frustrating that DC can churn out pretty great animated movies, even animated series, yet they create completely abysmal live-action films that put the franchise in a perpetual state of being rebooted. As a fan, it's exhausting. So, when I started hearing positive reviews about The Batman, I dared to hope, only to watch my dreams get smashed again. To be fair, visually, there are some great moments and shots in The Batman film, but the bulk of the movie is so terrible that not even Silas Stone could salvage this thing. So let's talk about some of the glaring issues with this movie and why experimenting with major franchise names is a bad idea. And just to get the sellout point of view out of the way first, I don't care how much artistic integrity someone claims to have. If you are making a superhero film, the target audience is always the next generation. Make them excited. Get them buying and playing with the toys and keep the name of Batman alive and well in the hearts of the children. No, I'm not saying that adults can't buy toys too, but sales do dictate the health of a franchise. So making content that appeals to a wide array of ages is important for that aspect. The Batman failed miserably at this task. I've watched it multiple times now and I couldn't even guess who the intended audience is supposed to be. It's rated PG-13, so obviously they want it accessible for youth to see, but the movie was so busy trying to pander just a tiny bit to every age group that it just made Batman a muddled mess of a character. And I mean, let's be really real here. For Batman to work as a hero, because he works outside of any legal restrictions, he cannot exist in a morally gray zone. He has to be lawful good. And this incarnation is really more chaotic neutral. He's doing whatever the heck serves him in the moment without regard for anyone or anything else. Really, when you look at how Batman behaves and sulks and plans things out in this movie, he's no better than the villains he's trying to stop. For example, Batman's first big moment on screen is when he saves this guy who's about to get beaten up after stepping off the subway. But, uh... After fighting all of these ne'er-do-wells into submission, Homeboy lets every one of the gang members go. And he has this inner justification of wanting to let these thugs spread the story of Batman instead of making sure that they're taken off the streets. That's not public service, that's self-serving with the hope that letting the gang's talk of Batman ends up doing more good than harm. How many other people are going to be brutalized and traumatized because Batman let an entire gang just skip away without any consequences? <sighs> Peacemaker was right about him. Also, if I'm understanding the situation correctly, Selina Kyle, aka Catwoman, is into women in this movie, and she gives no indication that she likes men. And yet, Batman gets an obsessive fixation on Selina in 
anyways. For no reason, he gives himself the right to grab, gag, stalk, and get unreasonably jealous over Selena. And he doesn't even know this girl. Seriously, take away the predisposed expectation we have of Batman and Catwoman being an item, and then think about Batman's behavior here. He gets very exploitative. Basically, their dynamic is, you'll do whatever daddy says, with no justification for it. Why? Batman should have no sense of entitlement to Selena, whether he's crushing on her or not. This is a very possessive, dangerous mindset where Batman, without directly acknowledging it, is internally saying, I've decided I want you, so I own you. And it's not being reciprocated. The balance of power is way out of whack here between Bruce and Selena. And then we see such a strange reaction of jealousy when Bruce Wayne thinks Selena is on one of the villain's arms. Overall, it is just way too much voyeurism from a hero. You know, a true hero should be using binoculars to keep the city safe, not be a peeping Tom stalker. It's 2022 boys, deal with your emotions already. Plus, this movie features an uncomfortable amount of close quarters pinning against walls. It gives the movie an air that, how can I say this without getting censored, there's about to be an attack of the bedroom nature. And it just feels gross for the type of movie that this should be. Not to mention, can we just talk for a minute how all of these villains look awful? I mean, they are making the costuming in Waterworld look like a national treasure. Catwoman has the dumbest looking mask I have ever seen. I mean, who makes a bank robbery style mask and just knits little ears on it? it? It's weird. It doesn't work, okay? Then Paul Dano, who plays the Riddler, he actually has a really nice look for a Riddler portrayal. But for no excusable reason, the film puts the Riddler in a dungeon master mask and not the D&D kind, and it just looks horrendous. Why do this? Why? Riddler shows himself over video. He doesn't need a mask. He could be blurred out or hidden in the shadows. The mask literally has no purpose. I mean, the way these villains looked, it, it felt very much like don't speak if you can't improve upon the silence, except with costuming. I would have preferred that the Riddler be covered in eyeshadow and a green zoot suit with a bunch of question marks as some internet theorist than what they gave us in this movie. That, that wasn't gritty. That wasn't redefining the Riddler. That was just dumb. And the villains should not feel like they're social justice warriors who have fair points. Like, sure, certainly, villains should be complex and believe in their causes. But there has to be some kind of clarity that the villains are in the wrong. Otherwise, they just come off like they're taking out the trash. Just like Batman should be doing, except he's too self-obsessed and self-serving in this movie to get his act together. Really, Batman ends up being a villain in The Batman. He's in his own way so much that he's a headache to watch. Why didn't we just make this Batman year one if we wanted to deal with the ups and downs of Batman becoming Batman? I mean, what is this junk? And no, Batman is not an anti-hero in this movie because he's actively in the mindset that he is the hero, yet he's doing selfish things nonstop, which would make him a villain. I swear, this movie feels like Clayface just morphed into Bruce Wayne and he's trying to act like the hero for a change. But, you know, Clayface doesn't know what he's doing, so he keeps getting everything wrong because he doesn't understand the principles of herodom. That's what the Batman feels like. If there had been an end of 
of credit scene where Bruce morphed into Clayface, I would have said, all is forgiven, baby. Honestly, with the tone of the Batman, I'm surprised Joaquin Phoenix didn't pop out to complete the atmosphere here. And sure, lots of people love the Joker movie because it was gritty and gross and more realistic in regards to mental health status. But here's the difference. Joker is a supervillain. He's supposed to go off the rails and be unhinged. That's interesting. That's in character. But for a hero to be unglued is dangerous, and it breaks our cardinal law of expectations. At best, a hero's issues are part of a story arc that they can overcome to be stronger for society. It should not be an issue that lingers and makes us question what the Cape Crusader might do next. Take the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, for example. At one point, he goes through a crisis and he doesn't want to be a hero anymore, but he's not out there actively making the world a worse place or using his powers in a way to harm other people or benefit himself. He's just not being Spider-Man anymore. And that's done because superhero flicks are supposed to give us hope not use a movie to mop up depression and then wring it out on the audience to drench them in misery. I don't care about your problems, bats. Bang, bap, boom, kick some butt and take some names for justice. Deal with your personal trauma before you decide to don a costume, you unstable psychopath. Yet Batman is out here doing whatever he pleases because he has the resources to do so. So even when he knows he is going out of line, he doesn't care. He keeps doing it because he's decided he's Ron Swanson and he has a permit to do whatever he wants. And that minor plot point where Batman is injecting himself with, what is that, NOS, like a Fast and the Furious car? It really drives Batman's instability home. It's like Batman, the hero, injected himself with a substance similar to Venom, which is what Bane the villain uses to get monstrous. And so Batman gets a boost of energy where he can't control his impulses to beat the baddie's face in. That is not heroic behavior. And there are no consequences for that action. Batman doesn't even feel bad about playing Super Smash Brothers with a dude's face. Why? Because this Batman doesn't care about justice. He cares about winning and using the people of Gotham City as a free therapy session. Which, again, even the grittiest, darkest incarnations of Batman aren't swayed to the dark side so easily. Yeah, Batman might do some damage to get information, but it's never punitive. This Batman is more, oh, you hurt me, so I'm gonna really hurt you. And that does not make sense for someone who is in a hero's position. Like, this is the Batman who would join the Justice Lords. This is not the Batman that you want your kids deciding is a role model. And unfortunately, when you make a film that is dark and gritty but rated PG-13, that's the kind of confusion that ends up happening. But I digress. What do you think of 2022's The Batman? What did you like about it? What turned you off from this movie? Let me know in the comments and I might be overthinking it, but that's literally my job. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's 
really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video, we should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family member.